Philippians chapter 3. Let me give you some background real quick. Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. He's writing this letter from prison. And what's interesting is, is that seems to be a theme in Paul's life, prison. In fact, if you read the book of Acts, you actually see how this church started. What you have is, one part of it is Paul and Silas, they're in prison. They've been beaten, they've been stripped, and they're in prison in the deepest, darkest part of the dungeon, and they're in there, and it's getting close to midnight. And so, they begin to grumble and complain. Some of you are going, wait, I'm not sure that's the right story. Yeah, they begin to say, man, life is just so hard. God, what are you doing? You know we wanted to be on the beach. This wasn't the plan. No, they've been beaten. They've been stripped down. They're put in the deepest, darkest part of the prison. And they're singing hymns. They're singing hymns. And brothers and sisters, we complain when the light doesn't change in time. If the coffee's not hot enough. And they're rejoicing and praising their Savior in prison. And then what happens? Oh, God intervenes. We see this earthquake takes place and the doors open up and they are free. They can run out and so they run to go get their latte to go to the beach. They stay. And right when this jailer is about to kill himself for what happened because he was responsible, they say, whoa, 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 we're still here. And instead of falling on the sword and dying in that way, he died to the old self and became a follower of Christ. And that's how the church starts in Philip. Now, the Apostle Paul leaves. Now he's in another prison. He's going to write a letter to them. And in chapter 2, he talks about the great humility of Christ. And then we're into chapter 3. And that's what we're going to work through today is chapter 3. So open your Bibles again if you're not there yet. Philippians chapter 3. I tried to give you enough time to turn there. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read through the text and we'll work through. Specifically, we're going to hone in on verses 7 through 11. But let's work through it. Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. He's in prison. <laughs> to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. 
But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. As we're celebrating Easter Resurrection Sunday, I want us to see what difference does that make in our lives? What difference does it make that Jesus rose from the dead? What power is found because of this? That's what I hope to look at today. So let's work through it verse by verse and see what God has for us this morning. So we start off in verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. You already said right there? He starts off and he goes, you know what, it's good for me to repeat myself. How many of you people, you love it when people repeat themselves to you over and over again? <laughs> Don't look at your spouse. You have one. <laughs> right? When people say the same thing over and over, we're kind of like, oh yeah, we get it. Great. Here's what Paul would say to you, though. It's really good for you for him to repeat himself about this. It's good for those at Philippi, and it's really good for you, and it's safe for you. Do you know why? Because you're a forgetful people. I mean, I'm forgetful too. But you guys really forget a lot. <laughs> we all do, don't we? We forget the faithfulness of God. We get distracted and we look at the world around us. We say, things are crazy. I don't know what's going to... God, what's going on? So Paul would say to you, it's, it's no trouble for me to remind you of the gospel. It's no trouble, and it's safe for you. We need to hear these truths over and over again. So here's what he says, verse 2. Look out for the dogs. No, he, he doesn't mean little dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. He's talking about those who would be against Christianity. It could be those who are Gentiles who do not follow, but especially those who are going around saying that you need to still obey the law to be saved. This mutilate the flesh part here, he's playing on words into verse 3. For we are the circumcision. He's talking about spiritually, in the heart. Who worship by the Spirit of God. So you either try to worship on your own strength, guess what? That's not worship. You need the Spirit of God to be able to truly worship. He's saying we, as believers in Christ, we're of the true circumcision, circumcision of the heart, who worship by the Spirit of God in glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. We're not going to trust in our flesh. We're going to trust in God. But then he's going to say, just in case you uh, want to go down that road, let's compare resumes. That's what Paul's saying here. Yeah, we're going to trust in the flesh. We're going to trust in our works. Let me show you where I come from, Paul says. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. We're going to go with our works. Let me show you what I've done. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. <laughs> wow. Okay. 
circumcised on the eighth day. Of the people of Israel, I'm from the right people. Of the tribe of Benjamin, I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law of Pharisee, obeying all of it. You want to know how zealous I am, Paul says, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. Wow! For some of you, it would look something like this. It would look like raised in the church. Went to Sunday school my whole life. Vacation Bible school. Perfect attendance. Baptized. I even teach Sunday school. Right. <laughs> A deacon in the church. A preacher of the word. A missionary overseas. I've even suffered for the gospel. If you put your confidence in any of that, you are lost. Look what Paul says. Look what he says, verse 7. As a righteous under the law, blameless. But look what he says. But whatever gain I had, whatever gain, which is really nothing, but whatever gain I had, look what he says. I count it, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Every single thing that I've done, it's loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, verse 8, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. I count them as trash in order that I may gain Christ. Man, you have to have a focus on who Christ is. First, you have to have the Spirit of God to even understand any of this. And then what you need to do is you need to be in the Word of God, and the Spirit has to renew your mind over and over and over again. Because here's the temptation, folks. We look around and we constantly elevate things above Christ. We say, this is, this is more important. Well, no, not really. I mean, I mean, Jesus is more important. But when we look at the way we focus on our lives, the attention that we give to things, the fear that we live in, the sin that we will commit to be able to do these things or have these things shows us that in our flesh we constantly bring things back up that we feel are more important than Jesus. And the other thing that we do is we constantly look at our works and start to think that in some way that's helping us. Like when you have a good day, you ever had that day where you wake up say your prayers, maybe you have your quiet time, and then you get in the car and you're driving and yeah, somebody cuts you off but you don't lose your temper. And then you, you do a good job, maybe even share the gospel with somebody, right? Somebody asks you, say, hey, uh, having some trouble, can you help me out? You can share the gospel and here's what you think. I did a good job. You're welcome, Lord. We knocked it out of the park today. The problem is, we are prone to think this way. 
when we are not walking in step with God's Spirit and seeing Christ for how great He is, then we fall to this. Can you say this, beloved? Do you count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord? This is remarkable. I'm going to count everything. He says, everything that I've done, all my good works, anything, I'm going to count it all as trash that I may gain Christ because you cannot gain Him with your works. You can only gain Him through faith. It's the only way. Verse 9. So he's going to count everything as rubbish in order to gain Christ. Verse 9. And be found in Him. To gain Christ means I'm found in Christ. So that way I identify with Christ in His death on the cross and in His resurrection. You have to be found in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you have no hope on the last day. Because you're still trusting in your works. We must trust in Christ alone. I need to be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Because guess what? You can't get it. You cannot work and get righteousness. It cannot happen. That's why Christ had to do it for you. We're celebrating the resurrection. For there to be a resurrection, there has to be what? A death. You look at that cross, it's the fact that you should have died on that cross. You should have taken the wrath of God for your sin. But the incredible miracle is that the Son of God went in your place. In your place, He took the wrath of God and He takes your sin and then He gives you His righteousness through faith. So the Apostle Paul is saying here that I'm not going to count any righteousness that I have on my own that comes from the law because you can't get it anyway, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, trusting in Him. Now here we get into our verses. You're like, what? You're just warming up? Yeah. (laughs) Verse 10. He's saying righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Three things He says. That I may know Him. A lot of you out there, you know about Jesus. But do you know Jesus? Know the difference? Sometimes like, I would never say any of you do this, but other people who are outside the church then. They like shake somebody's hand, like somebody famous at a dinner or something, maybe even took like a selfie. And then they're like, yeah, I know. Yeah, we spent time together. There's no relationship there. There's no real relationship. When you trust in Christ and faith, you move from knowing about Jesus actually knowing Jesus and experiencing a real relationship. You need to ask yourself, you need to be honest with yourself, do I really have that? Do I have like a real relationship with the living Son of God? Is His Spirit living inside of you? If not, you don't know Him. So He wants to, the three things, He wants to know Him, 
really know Him and the power of His resurrection. We'll get to that in just a second. So that again, He may share in His sufferings. That seems really weird. Paul's saying, I, I want to know Him better and I want to know the power of His resurrection that I may share in His sufferings. How many of you are like, you know what? I want to sign up for that. <laughs> sufferings, I'm in. We're going to get to why in the world Paul would say that. Becoming like him in his death. On your notes there, I have just three points for you about midway down. So that idea of verse 8, you have to again first get to the, that there's this worth, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. Holy Spirit, help me to see that Jesus is better than everything. Then what you have to do is you have to say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me as I read your word, renew my mind, that there needs to be less of me and more of him. See, that's different than the world thinks. The world's going to say, there needs to be more of you. You're special. You just got to go deep inside and find out who you are. I'll tell you who you are. Apart from the grace of God, you're an enemy of God. A sinner by nature and choice. You don't go in deeper. You go to Christ. We need more of Christ and His work, trusting in His work, and less of us and trusting in our own works. The third thing I have on there for you is through the, the Spirit, this experiencing the power of the resurrection. What, what kind of power? For what? How? First, three, I'm going to give you three ways that Paul's talking about here, at least, when he says the power of the resurrection. The first comes out of John 11, 25, and 26. We read that a little bit earlier. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? What's the first thing that we can see with the power of the resurrection is? You have power to have hope and confidence over death. You ever lost somebody close to you? Everybody has. Without the resurrection, death wins. Without the resurrection, death wins. But because Jesus was raised from the grave, you can have hope and you can have confidence over death. The second thing that the, the power of the resurrection gives you, Christian, listen carefully is you have the power to be dead to sin and alive in Christ. You have the power to live a holy life. To walk in holiness. You can read Romans 6, 1-11. I'm just going to read Romans 7-4. He says, Likewise, my brothers, the Apostle Paul writing here, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has raised him from the dead, the resurrection there, in order that you may bear fruit. Part of the power of the resurrection is you don't have to fear death. You can have confidence over death because of Christ. And because of Christ and His Spirit living in you, you can walk in holiness. The last part, the third way that the Apostle Paul, I think, is talking about here with the power of His resurrection is tied to the sharing in His sufferings. You can be obedient in your sufferings. Paul and Silas were obedient when they were suffering in the prison. But why would God want us to suffer? He loves us, right? 
Why in the world should we suffer? That's not we need we need our best life now. Well, the first thing is we live in the fallen world, right? How many of you would say amen that we live in a fallen world? Amen. Yeah. And the whole world is groaning because it's not right. And he's gonna make it right. But here's the thing, truthfully. To really identify with somebody, to really connect with somebody, you have to go through hard times with them. Think, think about your relationships for a second. Think about the relationships in your life. Perhaps if you serve in the military, would you thank God for you? If you serve there, think of the, the trials that you went through. There's an identification with others when you suffer together. That is unlike anything else. And so the way that we are conformed more to the image of Christ is actually through suffering. It's suffering for the gospel. It's suffering day in and day out in this life that we live. And it's suffering even to the point of death. So what the Apostle Paul is saying here is when you have the power of the resurrection, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you don't have to fear death anymore. And you can live a holy life. But in addition to that, you can suffer well and know Christ more deeply than you ever could any other way. He gives you the power to be able to do that through the resurrection. So I want to end with this. Verse 11. He just said in verse 10, knowing Him, the power of His resurrection, sharing in His sufferings, so we could become like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Here's what Paul, don't worry, Paul's not saying here, well, if you're a Christian, and you don't do these things, well, then you're not going to attain the resurrection from the dead. Like, you lost it. You had it. You had salvation. You had the resurrection. From the, you had it, and then you lost it. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is for those who know Christ, those who truly have put their faith in Christ and they stop trusting in themselves, these things are going to happen. The Spirit of God will be inside of you and you will know Him more and more. Not only will you know Christ more and more, but you will understand the power of His resurrection. And you will share in His sufferings. And you will become more like Him. Isn't that remarkable? Amen. Isn't it remarkable that it's a guarantee that if you've truly put your faith in Christ and you have the Spirit of God, this will happen because He is the author and perfecter of your faith. Amen. But likewise, if you go, I don't really know Him. Like, really? I took a selfie with a Bible once. I don't understand this power of the resurrection. I don't understand this Holy Spirit not inside of me. And I certainly would never suffer for Jesus. Suffering comes, I'll turn quickly on them. You ever had that? Hard time comes and you start to go against Jesus, against God. At the same time, this is a warning passage for you. 
It's great assurance for those who truly know Him and say, Lord, you're going to do this in me. Help me to love Christ more than everything else. Help me to not trust myself in faith, trusting in Christ, that I may know you more, that I may know the power of the resurrection, that I may share in your sufferings, and I can suffer well even unto death. But for others here, it's a warning for you. If this is not you, you will not attain the resurrection from the dead. So trust in him today. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're thankful for the resurrection. We're thankful for the power that comes by your spirit living inside of us that you conform us more to the image of Christ. The more the spirit works in us through prayer and the word to make us to know you more and more, Lord, we're so thankful for that. God, I pray for those who are here, Lord, I pray that they would truly know you, that they would not be trusting in, well, I think I'm a pretty good person. Help them to know that they're, they're not. They need Christ. Like we all do. Lord, for those who are followers of yours, Lord, help us to see more and more the worth of Christ. Help us to suffer well. By the power of your spirit, help us to, to suffer even unto death. but help us to have great hope and confidence over death because Jesus rose from the grave. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name.